tonight I want to talk to you about this topic called faster. Faster. In today's society, we are constantly working, diligently finding a quicker, better way to accomplish everything in life. Everything that we do, we're looking for a quicker, better way. For those of you uh, men in the room who say, no, I'm not looking for a quicker, better way, how many of you cut everything with a handsaw? <laughs> right? Yeah. One? <laughs> Two? <laughs> a quicker, better way. I heard on the radio a couple weeks ago, they were talking about all of the things that we have in our life that has actually helped us to become more efficient. And uh, the calculation that they had put together was that based off of what they were able to find, we have gained two weeks to every year because of efficiency, because of simple things that we enjoy that we, you know, we don't necessarily have to do ourselves, um, something as simple as a microwave or whatever it is. They calculate all of it together, and we've gotten two weeks uh, of free time, I would say. Now, unfortunately, we've used that two weeks of free time, and we've used it to binge watch um, full seasons of episodes in those full two weeks so that we know everything that happened in the last, I don't know, nine seasons of The Office, um, four times, right? And so we look at, we look at things to, be, to, to do faster, right, to constantly get faster. And when we look at everything that we do, we are constantly looking for a quick fix, right? Something to expedite whatever we're trying to accomplish as quickly as possible. You hear these get-rich-quick schemes, okay? Just so you know, I have never found a single person to get rich off of one of these schemes. I don't know of anyone. I don't, I don't, I mean, in my whole family and all of um, the 12 friends that we have, um, no one, no one has literally ever gotten rich quick off of one of these schemes. But we're constantly looking and we're constantly trying to find what it is. The problem that I think is we are applying that same ideology to our spirituality. We are looking for a quick fix, a quick moment, a quick experience to give us everything that God's got. And that's not the way it works. I think I I found this with God. God's math is literally completely different than our math. It doesn't even make sense to us. God adds by subtracting, and he multiplies by dividing. Now, I'm a math guy, and you start flipping those backwards, and it's just like, it's tough for my brain. It, like, struggles with it, right? And what I believe is that God intends for us to be able to go faster, to accelerate our experience, to accelerate our spiritual lives by going slower. And we are not good at going slower. Anyone here good at going slower? Because I am not. I'm I really struggling. <laughs> I would give that to you, bud. <laughs> I had a, a friend of mine. Um, he was a worship pastor at a church. Um, he was late for everything. I mean, I never once saw him on time for anything. Great man. Absolutely love him. But even if he was running an hour late, he'd come in like this. Hey. And I'd be like, where have you been? He'd be like, Oh yeah, and he was he was a southerner, and so he was just he was like that's just the way I am, man. I just I show up, and it's cool, it's all good. But tonight I said all that to say I don't actually want to talk about being faster. I want to talk to you about being a faster, because that is one of the key elements that we miss way too often. We miss the whole idea of what it really means to fast, right? And if we are going to accelerate where we are in Christ, it's not going to be from a quick fix. 
It's not going to be from one moment. It's going to be because we are devoting ourselves to the things that this word tells us to do. And part of what that word tells us to do is fast. So I want to talk to you tonight about being a faster. Turn with me to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm not typically a guy that is going to uh, call to a fast aligning with the new year or anything like that. It's not typically my style. But I do believe that God is stirring something in this body that is making this a, an important time for us, for every single one of us. And as we're doing this, I believe that he is, he is calling us to step up our commitment to him, our devotion to him, and this includes fasting. Now, I was looking, I was doing some research. There are over 70 different references to fasting in the Bible, okay? And I was looking up how many references there were to different words and different things and different experiences in the Bible. And based off of what I was seeing is fasting is actually spoken of and referred to more often than forgiveness. And it's interesting to me because we think of things in the word and we th- forgiveness, dude, like we got to we got to ooze forgiveness, right? We got to be a forgiving people because we serve a forgiving God. And those are all true things. Those aren't false things. Just because it's in the word less than maybe the other one doesn't mean that it's not just as important. Okay. So don't like take this away. Be like, dude, Tom said, as long as I fast, I don't have to forgive anybody. That's, that's not what I said. Okay. So write that down, Robert. Uh, (laughs) So fasting is this thing that we, it is, is spoken of so often in the word, and we so, it is so rare that we actually do it, right? Even when, when, I'm, when I'm talking about it now, most churches and most places will, will speak to an annual fast, an annual moment where fasting is a part of your devotion, annually. But I don't believe it's supposed to be a once-a-year occurrence, because if it was, why would God constantly pull this out of us? Why would he constantly, and why would Jesus even show us the example of it? There is such great there is such great power in fasting and we miss it because it's hard. <laughs> right? Let me read what Joel chapter 2 says. We're going to read verses 12 and 13. It says, "Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments." Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. A few things I notice here. First off, returning to God for us, I think the typical picture that we see when someone comes back to God or someone makes a fresh, fresh commitment to God is weeping and mourning, right? Well, I think it's common to see that. We'll see that in the altar where people will just have a, a moment where they will let down and they will cry. They will finally let go of some things. They will mourn about the time that they spent away from God and all of these different things. They will have this moment of weeping and mourning. But how often are we coupling that experience with fasting? It's very rare. I remember Beth and I went to a church once when we were visiting. We were going around to different churches. And it just, it, this broke our hearts. Um... There were, there were a couple of people who had come up and prayed literally to receive Jesus as their Savior. As soon as they got done praying, 
there was a membership card being thrown in their face. Here, can you fill this out real quick? Why aren't we telling them, hey, we need to teach you how to fast now? Right? We're, we're worried about, we're worried about a, a membership role. We're worried about an email newsletter. We're worried about all these different things. And the reality is, is we're missing one of the most important things that is going to enable us to walk this whole Jesus thing out. It's fasting. It's fasting. So our return to God should involve more than just an expression of emotions. Okay, If our response to God is expressional only, then I believe that our opportunity for regression is much higher. Okay? Does that make sense? If our, if our response to God is expressional only, we only express it outwardly, then I believe the opportunity for regression is much higher. As a kid, I would see people who would come to the altars and would walk out the door and would be mean as a snake. Right? None of us have ever seen that. <laughs> right? We've seen people who've done that. And the question that I would ask myself is this, what's wrong here? Is it God's fault? Is it the church's fault? Is it that person's fault? What are we missing? What are we missing? And the, what we're missing is if our response to God is only expressional, and, and we don't actually include a behavioral change, then nothing happens. Fasting is that behavioral element to what's going to happen in your life. See, weeping, mourning, it's expression. It's ex- expressing a feeling, right? All good things. I'm not saying you shouldn't weep and mourn. Um, Those are all good things. But if we miss that behavioral part that literally helps us to sustain the change, it won't be there. It won't be there. Rending our heart makes that point exactly, right? He says here, rend your hearts, not your garments. See, rending your garments was such an outward expression. It allowed people to know you would see that something was going on, right? But rending your heart makes behavioral changes that allow you to really become that new creature that you were created to be, that new person in Christ. So then what, right? We fast. We make a decision to change and to sacrifice, and that's what fasting is all about, okay? Fasting requires sacrifice. I'll tell you right now. If your fast doesn't involve sacrifice, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you're doing the whole fasting thing wrong. It's wrong. Fasting isn't about convenience. It isn't about experience. It isn't about the additional benefits. It's about posturing our hearts with his. See, unfortunately, most people will go through a fast, and the greatest updates that you'll hear during their fast is how much weight they lost physically as opposed to what's been happening to them spiritually. See, the church, you know, I think about churches who have the greatest emphasis in fasting. And the Catholic church, I believe, is one of the the best churches with a great model for fasting. They take the Lent season. We all know Lent, right? They take the Lent season and they fast for 40 days. They all corporately fast something together, right? They fast uh, red meat on Fridays, and so they all eat fish and all. This is it's, this is great, good stuff that they do, and then they each take an individual component and they say, "I'm going to fast this." Now, when I was in school, my best friend all through high school is Catholic, okay, and his his parents were Catholic, and I remember sitting um, with him at school one day, and he was talking to me about what he was giving up for Lent, and I did. I had, no, I had never heard of Lent. I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. 
Um, and so I was like, what, what, is, what are you talking about, dude? And he's like, well, we give up something, you know, it's supposed to be like our devotion to God and blah, 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 blah. You know, you kind of, you know, chuckled it off. We're in high school, okay? So give him a little grace, okay? Um, and I said, so what are you giving up, man? He said, I'm giving up chocolate, okay? Now let me tell you something. For some of y'all, you're like, dude, uh-uh, I ain't giving up no chocolate. It ain't about to happen. But see, for my buddy, it was easy. Because he didn't even hardly eat chocolate. I had never seen him eat chocolate before then. And I was like, dude, do you eat a lot of chocolate? And he was like, no. And I was like, so then I'm really confused about this whole Lent thing. Like, wait a minute, you choose something you don't really care about giving up? Like, what is it? What? I don't, I don't get it, right? The reality is, is that it needs to be a sacrifice. It shouldn't be something like, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess I'll give up showering. Um, you know, don't do that. Please don't do that. The sacrifice is for everybody else when you do that. <laughs> but see, a sacrifice for me may not be a sacrifice for you. And a sacrifice for you may not be a sacrifice for the person next to you. That's why I love this individual component to a fast. See, you need to, you need to search your own heart. You need to search your own heart and say, God, what, what, is, that, what is that thing that is distracting me? from a better relationship with you? What is that thing that gets me just out of my mind and I just get all psyched up about it and I get and it's, it's taking place of where you're supposed to be, about me being excited about you? What is that thing that keeps getting in the way? And that's, this is why I want you to, to prayerfully consider. It might be social media for some of you. It may be television. It may be certain foods. It may be certain activities. It, it, it could be anything, okay? It doesn't have to be food but it has to be a sacrifice. Because if it's not a sacrifice, you're not going to experience what God has intended for you to experience in a fast. And I don't believe that the people in this room are interested in experience with God that lasts an hour. Right? Maybe some of you are okay with that, but I believe that we are longing for sustainable experiences with the God of the universe. And if we're going to experience that, we need to fast with sacrifice. Not just fast to fast, not just do it because Tom's saying we should do something like this, but fast because we're committed to experiencing more of him, because we want to go deeper in the things of God, because we want to shake off some of this old stuff that we just keep holding on to, that we just can't seem to get past. This is why we're going to fast, because I believe that God is designing a breakthrough for many of you through fasting. There's something that he's told us to do many times, and we keep going, uh, yeah, I'm just going to skip that part right here and go over here because it's hard. So we're all good, right? We'll fast something. We'll cut out this. We'll cut out that. We'll go on with our lives. We'll be more committed to God, et cetera, et cetera. All good, all good right? That's probably not true. Um, turn to Luke chapter 4 with me. I want to show you something that happens in Luke chapter 4 because this is, this is the experience where Jesus fasts. Now, I would tell you, that if we want to be like Jesus, who thinks that we should do what Jesus did? It's pretty good, right? Pretty good example. A couple of us, okay. So for the rest of you, if we want to be like Jesus, we should do what Jesus did. <laughs> like he's like the example, right? Not the televangelist, not Tom, not anyone else, Jesus. We should look at what he did. We should look at the life that he walked out. And we should desire to do the things that he did. Well, in Luke 4, you're going to be so surprised to hear that. You know what Jesus did? He fasted. 
Luke 4, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. It says this. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. I'm going to stop there. I want you to understand this. This should be the measuring stick to determine if our fast has the potential to be effective, right? Because fasting will bring with it temptation. It will. As long as it's a sacrifice. Now, if it's chocolate and you don't, you don't even like chocolate, you're not going to be tempted. Let's just be honest. You're just going to be like, eh, it's no big deal. It's just chocolate, right? But if it's something that means something to you, something that you found that you desire, maybe sometimes more than you desire God, maybe more than you desire the things, maybe more than you desire to get into his word, right? More than you desire to be right here in his presence, what is that thing? Because the measuring stick is this. When, when the devil came to him, what did he tempt him with? Food. Because he was hungry. <laughs> he was hungry. That's exactly what it says. This should be our measuring stick. If Jesus Christ was tempted in his fast, I assure you, you are going to experience temptation. Temptation to break that fast temptation to let go because what you're doing is you're letting go. What did I talk to this about? This is, this is part of the key to accelerate your spiritual connection with the Father. And do, don't think for one minute that Satan wouldn't love to destroy that. With something as simple as, well, I know I said I was going to give this up, but just one wouldn't hurt. Boom. Are you really devoted then, Right? That's tough, right? It's tough to, to understand and maybe tough to grab. But this is what Jesus, it, what is going to happen is it is going to test your faith, right? That's what a fast is going to do. It's going to test you. And the question is going to be, how do you respond to those temptations? Because what, does, what did Jesus do? We know this story. Jesus responded every time with what? The word. He responded constantly with the word of God to every temptation that, that came up to him. The Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. The problem is so many of us go into a fast and we're not putting the Word of God in us. So you've got this void that is intended to be filled with the Word of God and we're not putting anything there. And so what happens? You get temptation, you ain't got nothing to fight with. You ain't got nothing because you haven't been filling yourself with the Word of God. And so part of what we have to do is we have to prepare for that temptation, and we prepare because we include time in the Word, real time in the Word, not, oh, I'm going to read a scripture a day. No, 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 in the Word. Get in it. Know it. Be in the Word. Now, I know some of you are like, Tom, I just, I just don't understand it. I've tried reading it by myself, and I just I can't figure it out. Guess what? When I started reading the Word, I didn't have a clue what I was reading. All right? I didn't. But you know what I did? I just kept reading it. I just kept getting into it. And I would pray. I would pray. I'd say, Holy Spirit, show me what your Word is saying here. Show me what you want me to learn out of this. And I'm telling you that if you are fasting and you are really doing it in sincerity for Him, I am assuring you that you will experience something new, 
something fresh, something that will stir your spirit, that will let you know there is more to this whole Jesus thing than you even thought. Because every time I've done it, every time I've gone through it, that's what I've found. I found there's so much more to him that I still don't understand. There's so much more to him than I even know. And so one of the things I want to do for us as a church, because some people are like, dude, I don't even know where to start, right? And I could tell you a book of the Bible to start, and I could tell you this, but what we're actually going to do is there is a 21-day fast reading plan through the Bible app. It's a great plan, really, really good plan. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share this out with all y'all. And I'm going to encourage you to read this because literally what's going to happen is there's a devotion and then there's a word. And it prompts you to respond to the word. And I'm going to invite all of you guys to be a part of that. And if you say, Tom, I don't use a phone with an app or I don't have access to a website, then I will send you, I will write it out for you because I can write all the devotions out and send them directly to you so you can still participate. Day one through 21. We need to get the word in us if we're going to fast. Because you're not going to get it if you don't. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58. Because this is what a true fast will do. A true fast will change your heart. It will change your motives. It will change your desires. It will change everything that God has intended for you. Because it's going to align them with his will. When we, when we fast and sacrifice, Isaiah chapter 58, we're going to read verses 3 through 7. I want you to hear the response in this, okay? It says, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? See, so many of us have walked away from a fast, and we've experienced very little change in our spiritual life. And part of the problem is because we go through a fast, and all we're focused on is ourselves. We are so caught up with what we're wanting from God and why I'm fasting, whatever it might be, whether it's spiritual or not. We are so caught up in ourselves and why we're fasting that we miss the whole point that God's fast, the fast that we go through, it should be changing our heart. We should, we should have tender hearts towards people in need. We should be able to see gaps and want to fill them. You can't fast and be in the word and get closer to God and then find yourself not caring about everyone around you. That's not the way God works, guys. A true fast will change your heart. See, God is desiring to see a change in us through this fast. 
And that change isn't typically with just how your situation looks, but how the situation for those around you looks. Your fast should not only impact you, it should impact everyone around you. And not because you're like, hey, I'm fasting. Sorry, I can't eat that. I can't be a part of that. Not because you're doing this holier-than-thou fast thing, okay? You know, I've fasted for 972 days without eating anything. That's not, that's not what I'm saying, right? You don't need to wave a banner, right? I could share the scripture with you where it says, hey, don't do that. You know, I'm not going to go through that. I'm just telling you, don't do it. That's just silly, right? But I believe that a fast is the key to accelerating where we are spiritually, not only individually, but as a church. As God is taking us deeper into the things of him, you know what I think, it's funny, is, is we want to think that it's got to get more complicated, but it's got to get simpler is really what it comes down to. It's really got to get simpler. It's got to get more like Jesus. So instead of, instead of going bigger, what we do is we fast. Instead of getting more complicated, we go simple. Because that's what Jesus did. See, you don't have to overcomplicate the things of God. But I'm telling you right now, when we fast, when we really fast, you will experience change. And it shouldn't be once a year. It shouldn't be once in a moment that you fasted once. This should be a regular part of our life as we are in relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. I want you to think about this, because this is um, this is something that God woke me up with this morning in terms of fasting. I thought about I thought about Jesus going through this fast. I thought about the experience of what He was doing, of where God was sending Him, of really what was taking place, and it got me thinking about what had just happened. What happened right before then? He was baptized, yes. He was baptized. And what happened in that baptism is it was like, it was like a moment that sealed so many moments. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. God the Father spoke audibly from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Audibly spoke it. Let me tell you what happened in that moment. There were a lot of people that went, okay, just Jesus is the Christ. That's what happened in that moment. And if anything for Jesus, it sealed what he had been saying. And all of a sudden it began a shift. Now what's amazing about that, that moment and that experience is I thought about what if we had a moment like that? What if we had a moment where God broke through, spoke audibly to us, what would our response be? Typically, I believe that the church's response in those moments is to celebrate. Is to celebrate. Because even in Jesus' moment, in Jesus' ministry, that was reason to celebrate, to be quite honest with you. For him, like, I'm telling you, that's like the seal, right? That's like, okay, I got, I got it, right? I got the approval. I got the Holy Spirit. Let's do this, right? That was, that was a huge moment. It would have been a great time to celebrate. And the problem that I think we're finding as a church and as a body, is that what's happening is we're celebrating when God is calling us to consecrate. See, Jesus knew right in that moment, as much as he probably or would have wanted to celebrate, God was calling him to consecrate. 
God was calling him away to a place so that he could go deeper, so that he could know more, so that he could experience more. And we want to get caught up in celebrating something, and we miss consecrating. God has called, I'm telling you, guys, God is calling us to be a consecrated people who are willing to go before him and lay down some stuff some things that we're holding on to. And what we need to do through this fast is we need to let go of some things. We need to put them away from us. They need to be a sacrifice. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. And we need to put the word of God in us so that when that temptation comes, the Holy Spirit is going to bring that word to remembrance so that we can move through that experience. We need to consecrate when we've been so busy celebrating. I believe that's what God's calling us to do. I believe that that's what God is wanting us to do. I pray that you feel that in your spirit because I believe that what's going to happen at the beginning of this year is going to be significant for us as a church, for us as a body, for us as individuals, if we really do this. Now, if we just hear it, listen to it, nod our head, say, you know what, that's not a bad idea, I'll think about it, we'll miss it. God's calling us to fast. He's calling us to something bigger than us. He's calling us to do something that we are not usually very comfortable about doing. And it means letting go of some things. It means letting go of some things. Letting down our guards and being vulnerable. So I want to I challenge you to this. January 1st, I want you to be praying up until then. What is it that God's calling you to fast? Based off of some of y'all, it was chocolate. As you about killed me when I said fasting chocolate. <laughs> but don't, don't go into the fast expecting just something for you. Expect for your heart to be changed so that you can change everyone around you. But this is what I want to do tonight, guys. Because I, I really believe, I believe in my heart that God is calling us to this. I believe that he is calling us to a time of consecration I believe that if we're going to know where God is truly calling us to fast, I believe we should ask him, don't you? I think that's a good thing to do, right? To ask God, God, what is it that you want me to lay down? God, what is it that you want me to put to the side? God, what is it that you want me to just let go of? That's between you and him. That's not between me, you, and him. It's you and him. It's time for you to, so I'm going to ask you guys to do something that might make you a little uncomfortable, um, and that's all right, because you can get a little uncomfortable with me sometimes, all right? I want to ask the entire church, I want everyone to just come up here, just together. Walk right on up here. You're not going to hurt anything, I don't think. I mean, there's nothing up here really to hurt. But I want to ask you guys to all come up here together, because I want us to pray as a body. I want us to just pray together that God would help us to see and identify the things that he's wanting us to let go of, to see and know what he wants us to do as a body, to just open up to that, just to be open to that and be open to experience something new. How many of you want to experience something new in God this year? Amen. I want to experience something new. I want to go in deeper to my relationship with him. I want to know him more. I want to know him more intimately. I want to understand his word better than I ever have. That doesn't happen by just sitting there. 
It happens by making a, a, a true decision to step forward and to be different and to be changed. And listen, what I want you to understand is this. Every single one of you here, listen, when you go through that, you're going to experience some temptation. You're going to experience some things that are going to be tough to swallow. God's going to reveal some things to you that you've been struggling with, that you haven't let go of yet, that he wants you to let go of. And you know what? You're going to sometimes need someone to pray with you. And you're probably going to need it more than you think you need it. And so what I want you to do is I want you to look around here, guys. That's what we do. We lift each other. Listen, this is a, this is a body that is destined to reach out to one another. I, I have told many, many of you, okay, when, I, when we started out on this journey, I won't be there for you all the time. I can't. I can't. And I won't. I'm just going to be honest with you. Bethany can't be there with you all the time. She's down with the kids in the nursery right now. See, I told you. Can't depend on her. <laughs> And what you guys need to understand is when you look at each other here, you guys need to pray for each other. You need, to, you need to lift each other up. You need to be able to reach out to someone else that's up here with you right now and say, can you pray with me? Because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this Jesus thing. I'm going to this fast thing. But you know what? I'm struggling, man. Chocolate was a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> but you guys... You guys need to do this together, all right? And that means being vulnerable, guys. It means being vulnerable. It means opening up. And it means allowing God to do something. If you would play that song real quick, guys, back there as I wrap up here. Here's what I want you guys to do tonight. I want to pray corporately with you in just a minute. But before we do, I want to just take just a couple minutes for you to pray to God yourself. You can just stand there and pray. You can kneel there and pray. Whatever you want to do. But I want you to begin asking him, God, what is it that you're wanting me to fast? What is it that, that's, that's in my life that I need to let go of? Just take a couple minutes. Let's pray together. Pray that yourself. See what God wants you to see.
God, I pray that as we all reach out to you in this moment, God, I pray that you would begin to reveal things. God, that you would begin to speak into our spirits. God, that you would show us, show us what it is that you want us to let go. Help us to see you, help us to know you. Help us to understand your will for our lives. God, as we walk into this hand in hand, God, I pray for everyone here. God, give them confidence to reach out. God, reach out to the person next to them, the person in front of them, the person behind them. God, to reach out and to open up. God, I pray that we would be a connected body that would long to experience your power and your presence everywhere that we go. God, let this fast, let this experience accelerate our connection with you. God, let us go deeper. Let us know you more. Let us see you more in everything that we do. God, let everyone, God, I just pray that you would reveal it to them. Let everyone see what it is that you have for them. Open their hearts. Open their spirit up to something fresh, something new, something different, something that will challenge them and stretch them. Let them see you and what you're doing in their families, in their children. God, I pray that their children would be bold, that their children would capture the gospel in a fresh and powerful way. God, let the people that are impacted by their decision be the people all around them. They're in their own families. God, let them set an example in this fast that challenges everything that they've known, that challenges everything that they've done, that's allowed them to set a model for their entire family and for everyone that they encounter, for everyone that they're around. God, I pray that. I trust you to do it. I trust you to do a new thing. I trust you to shake it up in their spirit. And I pray that God, this year, God wouldn't be a year of finances. It wouldn't be a year of careers. It wouldn't be a year of all these things, but God, it would be a year of you. That God, we would go closer to you and your spirit. God, let us have that. Because if we have all of those other things and we don't have that, we don't have anything. God, let us go deeper in your spirit, deeper in the things of God. Let that be our cry as a church. Let that be our heart as a church. Let that be what we walk into because, God, we trust you to walk us into it. Whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like, whatever it sounds like, God, let us be fluid. Don't let us be stuck in a box. Don't let us be stuck in a mold that we think that we're supposed to be like. God, let us be fluid with your spirit. Let us be changed. Let that be our cry. God, take us deeper, deeper in the things of you. I trust you to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give God praise. Amen. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm praying for you. We're going to have a great year, guys.
going to be a great year. I believe it. I believe that God is shifting and putting things in place. I believe he's going to write our hearts and fix all our wrongs. <laughs> all right? Amen. God loves you. I love you. And I look forward to seeing you. Next week will be the gathering as a reminder. So we're going to eat. We're going to eat some food. We're going to have a good time together. I want to encourage you to come be here for that. Again, there will be no service. It's just our time to connect, be a family together, love on each other. Amen. Amen.